C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Paige. <laughs> I have water. All right, better for you. Um, but uh, we were talking before I got on air. First of all, I am with the 18th fittest woman in the world, multiple time CrossFit Games athlete, rogue participant, all those things. Um, this is her third time on the show. We're just going to kick back, relax, kind of chat a little bit about her season and whatever else happens to come up. With that, before we are getting on the air, we were talking about circadian rhythms kind of in a weird way um, and how I used to be a night owl. Business world got me into early morning times and then now I am working from home, so I'm more the night owl again. And when I go to events, that is a life-altering change for me now because to be at the events and to cover the events, you have to be there super early in the morning especially the games like i think i'm up yeah. at 5 a.m every day at the games um other events we can sleep in a little bit more but then like at the games last year our wrap-up shows were at 10 or 11 o'clock at night and then That's i'm late. up again at 5 a.m and heading off for my day yeah and you asked saying, a question. yeah yeah like what is a day in the life like obviously it's probably sitting behind a computer a lot of the time but you know, the the media moguls that are in our sport, Marston and Heber, what is a day in the life besides the, you know, really cool videos that you guys are putting out? That's my question. Everyone wants to see the day in our lives. So. So it was really interesting, like at the games this year, I'll just go at the games because it's kind of what everybody probably knows. You're there early. We actually, because of some changes in the way that CrossFit handled media, I had the opportunity to get content creators on our team this year. And we were in the middle of doing a documentary of the games. We followed 10 athletes through the season last year. Four of them made the games. And then we're documenting how their experience went at the games. That's and cool. so That's it's cool. getting, getting the team together, making a plan of who's getting who um, out on the field so that we have content from everything that's going on. I think what's interesting is with the new season next year and the games being at a one location, it's going to be way easier for media. Mm -hmm. So yes, a lot of our time, my time is behind a computer collecting all the stuff that's coming in, but I also like to go see the events. So as an analyst, I can give a perspective of what's going on. And so sure. you're running, it's either sitting or running. Um, and so you're running to North park then you're running back to the media room, which is it, where you the athlete warm-up area is. It's just upstairs. Okay, yeah. So you're running back there. Then you're running to the Coliseum, and we can't go in like the normal spectators. We have to go back down into the parking lot and around to the back and in the okay. back door to the Coliseum. So you go in there, and then you have to wait for them to give you a ticket to be able to sit down. <laughs> and what's... Really interesting is I always sat beside the misfit crew. 
It's a good crew. It is. They are awesome. Good crew. <laughs> and so we got yeah, to hang they, out most of the games. Yeah, that's awesome. I know. I mean, like the media, our coaches, you know, you're not re- like you're not <clears throat> if you're not there just to spectate, you're working a lot. Like whether you're back and forth, uh, you know, it's it's not you're not on your time. You're on your athlete's time. <laughs> Right. And then the only good Wi-Fi in the whole place is in the media room. Right. If you be, leave if you leave that media room, you lose access to like decent Wi-Fi, 5G, whatever you're you're trying to use. Mm-hmm. So then we get done, we wrap up, we kind of have a like a debrief at the end of the day. Everybody goes home. And then I set up with my other crew like a wrap-up show. And you've you haven't eaten most of the day, so you're trying to grab something mm-hmm. to take back to the hotel with you, and then you do your wrap up show. You get that done. You have to convert it to audio so it goes to like iTunes and Spotify <laughs> and all that. And then when that's done, you finally get to go to bed. And then, and then back, you have like a nap. It's re- yeah, correct. <laughs> and you get a nap. Yeah, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. No, I agree. I mean, you love what you do. Right. It's the it's where I feel the most alive. Same. <laughs> right. Same. <laughs> so enough about us media people. We love what we do. And like I got your misfit crew, like we really got to know each other and they adore you. Yeah, they're awesome. I actually got to spend uh, the whole weekend at Rogue with Jen and Ted, who married couple. Ted does all of the media stuff. So he did mostly some videography at Rogue. Um, and then Jen, <laughs> Jen was my photographer, but she isn't much of a photographer. <laughs> I actually still haven't seen her photos from Rogue. Um, but yeah, so they came down for the whole weekend and we just had a small group of us. So it was just me. Uh, my boyfriend, Ben, and then my mom, and then Jen and Ted. So it was really cool. It was a lot more intimate. Um, you know, at the games, there's not as much, unless you have a, you know, you unless you want somebody like with a camera in your face all the time, which at the games, you don't, I personally don't know if I want that. Um, but Rogue was more of like, they, you know, athletes can, or, you know, as far as fans of misfit fans of, of me or, you know, whoever they'll get a little bit more behind the scenes from rogue um, with thoughts on workouts and just emotions and everything that goes into it. Um, So I'm kind of excited for what Ted uh, puts together. Yeah. It's, that's another issue with media. Like I signed up for rogue. My wife ended up coming down with pneumonia and I couldn't go to rogue this year. Yeah. That's tough. Um, but their contract is so restrictive on what you can film on the field. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we get out of Rogue is a ton of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. But I think like the, the community is almost, um, almost starving for, right? Because we've all seen the events. We all see the slow-mo stuff, which is really cool. But getting to know the athletes is where I, I love it. And, yeah. um, and so at Rogue, that's really your only choice as a media company. Yeah. And you get to see that, like, you know, we are athletes. We're fit athletes, but, you know, we are humans. There's, there's you know, there is the human side of it. And we all deal with the emotions and, um, 
you know, just the ups and downs of competing and, you know, what life, like what you have going on in life during that time, stuff like that. So, you know, it's yeah. cool. Well, so Misfit's going to put out a thing on you for Rogue? Yeah. So Ted is working on that. Um, sounds like it's going to be like a two-part YouTube video. He actually sent me um, part one that's not, I, I, th I think it's finished. It's just not posted yet. Um, but I kind of get to see it a sneak peek first. So, which is pretty cool. You know, I've never had, I've never had something like that done throughout my CrossFit career. So kind of exciting. Um, you know, it's been done before in the sport and whatever, but you know, every athlete has a different perspective. Every athlete has a different journey. Um, <clears throat> every athlete has a different lesson that you can take away. So, um, you know, I hope people watch it. I hope they can take something away from it. I have been preaching for, for years. Every, everybody has a story. And you and I kind of talked about this in the Miami airport, but we didn't have a ton of time. Yeah. And every athlete has a story. And, and I'm, and this is going to sound bad. I'm tired of Tia's and Justin's. Like I've seen it a million times. Like we talked to everybody that made it to semifinals. So many good stories and we're not telling them. And if we want to grow the sport, you have to get to know the characters in the story. Sure. Agreed. <clears throat> and, you know, every every athlete that's part of a training camp, whether it's Brute, whether it's Proven, whether it's Misfit, um, like, you know, you have your media people there and you have your outlets, your platforms that you're, you're they're putting information out on, they're putting the athletes out on that platform. But you know, not everyone follows Misfit. Not everyone follows Proven, you know, these social media platforms and everyone follows Brute. So, um, you know, it's it's just getting it out into different other, you know, news platforms, whether it's yours, whether it's, you know, Brian Friend or whoever it is, um, whether it's CrossFit themselves. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I personally being kind of more under the radar, I personally do wish that that was, you know, being done, but you know, it's not in so, my control either. So here's an example at the West semifinals. We had five athletes there. Only two made the games. What's a more compelling documentary when everybody makes it to the games or when you're on the edge of the, your seat waiting to see who's going to make it and who's not. Yeah. 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 True. And you see the ups and downs of the weekend with everybody. And, and thank, thankfully the athletes were so open and raw with us uh, during that time that we got to share that experience. Yeah, that is yeah. cool. And I mean, from an athlete's perspective, it's like you, it's, you're out there for yourself. You're out there to compete. You're out there to win or you're out there to qualify, whatever it is, but it's, you know, it's the people within your, your circle that you want to celebrate it with. Right. It's the, mm people who have been through the journey, whether it's, you know, they're in the gym with you and working with you, whether they're remotely working with you, whether they're a significant other supporting you, whether they're a media platform supporting you, like you want to celebrate with those people. It's funny you say that. Haley Maria was uh, being interviewed by Coffee Pods and Wads at Crash Crucible. And she said the one thing every athlete needs is that one person at the end of their lane that believes in them more than they believe in themselves. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Definitely agreed. <laughs> and I loved how she put that. And, um, and I know 
like your mom has been with you since birth and she proudly walks around events letting everybody know that she's your mom yeah i know she's awesome and you know it's uh, other athletes have done it too like i'm 32 and um my mom my dad they come to every sporting event that i'm a part of um you know whether it was hockey whether it was baseball or softball when i was younger and now crossfit and they just they love to be there they love to be the biggest you know spectator cheer in the crowd um so i mean i'm grateful for that you know not everybody gets that um so yeah yeah and it's almost <laughs> like your mom takes pride in being the best cheer the best oh, sure spectator. absolutely <laughs> absolutely um and you know it's it's fun when that little circle grows like you know i have ben who i've been with him for three years um he's seen more ups and downs through my journey in the last three years than anybody else. I have my coaches. Um, <clears throat> I have Gabe. I have uh, my circle from our gym. Um, the owner of our gym is a great friend of mine, is my best friend. So, you know, it's fun when that circle grows and the support is only intensified by that. Um, and, you know, it doesn't matter for them, it doesn't matter your placement on the leaderboard, they are there for you regardless you know so that's always the one thing to remember when you're coming off the floor is you know whether you had a good event or a bad event or you qualified or didn't qualify it's like these people are still there and that's that's more important to walk away with and um you know just keeping that you're not disappointing anybody but but yourself i guess for you know if you don't do what you set out to do but yeah people are important <clears throat> so a couple questions from the audience um Bruce Wayne asks, where's Paige from? She's from the best am, state in <laughs> I'm from Pennsylvania. I live in, uh, it's called a town Oliphant, but it's in Wilkes-Barre Scranton area. So if you watch The Office, um, you know Scranton pretty well. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm from the other side of the state, but it's still a great state. <laughs> just six hours to get over there. Yeah, and then Corey says, oh. "I thought Paige was way younger than thirty-two. Yeah. Thanks. It's, I try to fit people. <laughs> My bones tell me otherwise." Yeah, so I want I want to kind of walk through the season this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it in reverse, though. It's not how I planned it, but you already kind of talked about Rogue a little bit, so I want mm -hmm. to kind of wrap that up a little bit. My favorite moment from Rogue, and I and I am not saying this just because you're on the show. I told everybody they had to go watch this. So I'm going to share my screen real quick because you posted on Instagram a video of it. This, whoop, not what I wanted. Here we go. Um, this was your best event at Rogue. And this was the over-under, the duel, yeah. The athleticism you showed in this event, I was in awe. <laughs> Thanks. I had and a lot of fun. You could tell. And the way you went over and under the logs, like you could tell who had athleticism, who did other things other than CrossFit in their life, and who didn't. My, yeah. my question about all this is, 
one, it was an amazing event. I wanted you in the final so bad. I was rooting so Same. hard. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and it was so close. I know on the, on the final one with the top five, I just, I kind of slipped up on one of the sandbags. So I lost my shot. It was like, you know, nine tenths of a second or whatever it was, but I really like, I try to black out and just go as hard as I could. So my, uh, my question to you is if you look back at the history of the games, we tested like broad jump, we tested short shuttle runs like real shuttle runs, not the ones we see in the open now, like um, zigzag sprints. Um, mm -hmm. That I haven't seen that for a few years, and I feel like yeah. we're getting away from testing athleticism at the games. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, I, I don't look too much back at like the history of programming, or I haven't looked back at the history of programming. But yeah, I mean, there there are things that you know as an athlete, you know, we call ourselves athletes, right? We call ourselves CrossFit athletes. Um, but being an athlete, you know, every sport has their little niche with that. Um, and with CrossFit, it's ever evolving. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's fair to see changes throughout. Um, but again, it is cool to kind of see things like this kind of circle back. Um, I also, you know, on that first, my jitters were so high during that event with the, so with the rope climb, had they kept the rope climb in, I was, I was, I was like, I was calling my shot. I wanted to win that event because I thought that I really could. Um, and then they took that out and I was like, eh, you know, it's still a really good event for me. I'm, I'm okay with sandbags. I, I don't have an issue with those. Um, but um, like I shot out so hard in the first round that I completely like some of the other guys did. Some people fell, but I completely wiped out. Like I went so hard over the second log that I completely was airborne. I had no control and I just fell like flat to the ground so hard. Um, so, again, the jitters were so high, like I was just, you know, ready to go. Um, so I was kind of happy that I was able to get those chairs out in the first one and, and then kind of, you know, improve each round from there. So it was a really cool event. Um, it's not the first elimination style I've been a part of. So back in 2019 at Brazil, it was an, an elimination event. Um, and they're always fun for the spectators too. So, um, they're cool to be a part of. Yeah. I, I love watching them. My co-host Jamie and I kind of go back and forth mm -hmm. on it because, She's she's a really good athlete. She's in the master's division now, but um, she doesn't like it because the victor is rewarded with extra work. Yeah, yeah, true. Right. Whereas a spectator, I love watching it. Right. For her from the athlete perspective. So, but these are short events and you guys are built to recover fast. Do you think it had an adverse effect? on you going forward by having to do extra heats? Um, I don't think so. I think with this one, you know, um, it, it's quick bursts of running and the sandbag is heavy. Yeah. But it's not like you're carrying it for distance or, you know, it wasn't a heavy, I, I wouldn't say it was heavy on the central nervous system as much as like, you know, what if we had to walk a yoke or do something, you know, take it for distance or anything like that. So it was just too quick if you recover properly in the back after the work, like after the workout, you're, I think you're fine. Um, but that's on the athlete to do that. 
so you played hockey for years. Hockey is a is a sport where you there's a, a sprint and then a slowdown, then a sprint, then a that's kind of continuous. Did any of that experience carry over, or have you are you too distance from that experience for it to have an effect today? Uh, no, I definitely think it um, plays into my strengths as an athlete. I am good for quick bursts. Um, I, you know, interval work, I like interval work, but, uh, I I'm definitely a power athlete. I'm an explosive athlete. I have that fast twitch in me. Um, so that is all still very much there. Uh, it's there in my strength. It's there in my, in my machine work, all that kind of stuff. The harder part is, you know, developing my slow twitch work and getting, you know, my engine, um, you know, improve improvement there. So, um, it's definitely there and we definitely see it in training a lot and we see it in competition a lot. Um, but again, it's more of me needing to improve the other side of, you know, the other side of that spectrum, the, the slower stuff, the endurance work. I will say as, as a longtime fan of yours, rogue and the games this year were the best I've ever seen you on the floor. Yeah. So, which is crazy, like for me to just look back at the stress from this year and, and working with, you know, a back injury that was just very kind of, you know, all over the place at times. And then just limited me so much on what I could do. Um, it's crazy to look back at that and see what it, it, it kind of blossomed into for the season. So, um, overall it was a super successful year. I'm, I'm really grateful to have walked away with the lessons I've learned and with the, you know, as cliche as it is with the resilience I've built through it. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I'll, I'll always look back on this year and see it as like a very special, uh, time in my life. So. And, you know, we said earlier in the show, I was hanging out with your media crew in the stands at the games and I'm like, this is the best I've ever seen her. And they were very, very much in agreement with that. And they see yeah. you all the time. Yeah. Well, so they're up in Maine. Um, I'm in Pennsylvania. So I really don't see them as much, um, especially uh, Ted, who, who's on the media side. He's not he's not seeing like what's going on in the shadows with training, right? Like every so often I, I talk with him and we kind of catch up and and things like that. But um for the most part, it is just like, you know, in the shadows of just training here at home. And um, you really get to showcase that when I get to go visit them in Maine or when I am at a competition and they're, they're there or they're watching from home. Um, so, you know, there's a lot that goes into it that they also don't see. So I was going to get into the back injury when we talked about semifinals and you squeaking in because that was – Holy cow. But did, did the rehab from that back make you a better athlete in the end or was it something yeah. else? That I mean, I think I was willing to do whatever it took this year. Like I was willing to do whatever it took to qualify. So um, that meant changing up a ton of training from April through until our semifinal. Um, and that was working with my physical therapist and working with, my chiropractor, all of the people in my circle. Um, so a lot of changes happen there and a lot of changes happen, have had to happen with training. 
Um, and I was just willing to go all in on whatever it took to bring my best self to semifinals. So it wasn't a great, you know, it wasn't, I didn't peak in the traditional form of peaking for semifinals. I peaked in a way that allowed me to continue to train um, while managing a back injury. I didn't do um, so much as like PT work through the time, like through semifinals training or through games training, because um, it was more of just managing whatever pain I was working that I was dealing with. And we couldn't, you know, there wasn't a true assessment on what exactly it was at the time. Like my PT definitely, definitely knew or definitely had an idea, but it was things that we started to attack really hard after the games when I, like my body was able to come down and recover. Um, because, you know, you're just, when you're training for the games, you're just in a different mindset. You're in a different place with, with your fitness. Um, and it was really coming down from that after the games. And then I've been doing PT twice a week ever since for my back, um, and have seen great progress, great improvement, um, and has finally gotten me back to pulling barbells off the floor. Um, you know, working into heavier strength work. Um, so I'm excited. I'm happy about where things have, you know, gotten from then to now, um, and now it's like, you know, a great part of my week is going up to PT twice a week. Are, are there changes that are going to become permanent into next season? Uh, as far as training goes? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I definitely think we learned a lot as far as the way uh, Drew and the guys are programming for the games with Misfit. Um, typically, you know, it's, it's a heavy a heavy-ish lift every day. There's a linear progression, um, whether it's snatching, cleans, jerk, whatever it is, um, your power lifts as well. Um, but I think as, you know, I, there are, there are movements where I needed, I didn't have the confidence as much in my Olympic lifts, um, especially having them come out in an event at the games this year and it just being those two, um, so I wasn't super confident with those, but I wasn't able to get a lot of touches on it besides like, you know, an empty barbell or like 95 pounds or less on the bar. Um, but as far as strength work, I think we're kind of taking away that, uh, for me, at least less was more because I was able to focus more of my time and energy into other areas that I personally needed to improve on. Um, so I haven't really spoken with them, but I can see, you know, kind of the the pathway leading into the games for another year could be a little bit more personalized um, as far as, you know, I don't need as much strength work as say, you know, so-and-so does. Um, so I definitely think it will bring um, some changes for, for next year. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Corey in the chat is saying that he feels that I started seeing my PT twice a month um, just to stay ahead of any potential issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, for, for me, like being in the gym every day, um, it's a nice change of scenery too. And uh, I love, I love hanging out with my PT. His name is John. Um, he's got such a great, like dry sense of humor and he's always just in a good mood and like, he loves what he does too. So um, he's passionate about it and he's, he's just a really great person to have, you know, on my team. So 
was this your first time at Rogue? Because they only have the last three years up. Yep. Yeah, this was my first time. So what was the experience like? Because when you go to Rogue, like they overbuild everything. Like it's when awesome. you look at the strongman stuff, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. A, it's a very cool event to be at, whether you're spectating or whether you're competing. Obviously, I've, I've actually only done it from the competing side. I've never gone otherwise. Um, but it's cool that they have the strongman events as well, because it kind of, you know, as a spectator, you're not just seeing two CrossFit events and kind of waiting for these big gaps in between. Um, you're seeing like there's kind of a nonstop flow throughout the day of strongman events, um, CrossFit events. So it's kind of a cool mix. And then Vendor Village was pretty big too. I was, I was pretty impressed. It was really neat. Yeah, it's, it's almost, well, it's not as big as the games, but it, it just is a spectacle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like just your, the event we just showed, that teeter-totter thing. I mean, there was no need to have a teeter-totter at the end of that. <laughs> right. But because it's rogue, they can. Yeah. It, that is the cool part about it. And you're always going to see new implements or, you know, excuse me, they, they bias really heavy, um, which we knew that going in. So for me personally, not, you know, not an exciting time uh, just based on where I was at. But again, it's hard to say no to rogue. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to say no. Right. And because they take care of the athletes. Like, yeah. They do a great they're, job. They are the premier competition that takes care of the athletes. And the big question is, what are you, what have you done with the guitar? Um, it is sitting next to another guitar <laughs> in one of our rooms. So I think though, I want to make like a shadow box type thing with it. So use that, use a, the shirt they gave us. Um, we got some cool memorabilia from it. So. Uh, unless Ben wants to start playing the guitar again and use a new one because he does have one. Um, but I'll, <laughs> I will be hanging it up instead. Yeah. I have one behind me that hasn't been played in years and yeah, I'm actually, and it's nicely. About- it has like the, the rogue invitational on it. It's cool. It is really cool. Yeah. yeah. It looked really cool. I loved when Dan Bailey actually took his and played it there in the, in the in the area and uh yeah he's awesome yeah that was neat yeah the athlete check-in was a really cool experience so but it is at the games too i mean that's you know that's something where like you really do feel spoiled yeah they're so good um they do a great job and they're here in columbus ohio and mm-hmm. so i love to support uh, our it's local actually- small business yeah, it's actually, we were supposed to go to the Ohio State-Penn State game the weekend before Rogue. Um, so my cousin plays on Penn State. He's number zero. Um, we were going to go watch and tailgate and just kind of, you know, go back to my roots a little bit because I haven't been back in a long time. Um, but then Rogue came out and I got the invite. So we kind of nicked, you know, nicked that and um, just went to Rogue instead. Just too much travel. Yeah, that's, that's still salt in the wound for me. Um, being a fan and living here in Columbus, I get ridiculed nonstop. Well, it's funny. I was actually, we have an athlete at our gym, a member. Um, she went to Ohio state, 
you know, years after I did, but now she's an alumni. She actually did gymnastics there. And every time she's in, like when you're in Ohio, the biggest thing is Michigan, right? Like the Ohio Michigan rivalry. Um, you never really hear about Penn state as much. Right. But when I come home or when people ask where I'm from or where I went to school, uh, and I say Ohio state, they're like, Oh, Ohio state, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's kind of funny. Cause we, we never thought of Penn State as a rival, so to speak. Um, it was always about Michigan. It was always about the big Michigan weekend, especially around Thanksgiving. So I just well, thought Penn that State was a funny, funny Penn observation. State Penn State joined the Big Ten so late compared to like the original 10. Because Penn okay. State was number 11. Got it. Um, so uh, Penn State's rival, my whole childhood was Pitt. It was Pitt-Penn State. Huh. And then okay. that well, two two PA teams, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I only I only hear about it the week of the Penn State game. Yeah. Then once <laughs> over, then they're on to Michigan. That's but, fair. Yeah. But for that one week, it's just really hard to live here. Mm-hmm. But what I was gonna ask you if you've been back lately, you wouldn't even recognize campus. Every time really? I'm driving by there. There's so much construction going on. Oh, that's fair. I mean, there was construction a lot even when I was there 10 years ago. Oh my God, 10 years ago. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. Doesn't feel yeah, that the, long. There is so on High Street and Lane, like that area mm-hmm. is yeah. all house now. Wow. Even like, wow. There are a lot of restaurants or like gas stations, like small little things around there. That's nuts. Going down. People just keep coming. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and beautiful. Like, you know, because schools are trying to attract students left and right. And mm-hmm. housing is beautiful. But like they, lots of bars are gone now. And and then across okay. on the on the north side of Lane, it's a big B-dubs. Like a massive yeah. B-dubs degree. That's yeah, the only that's thing still there. Going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything else around it's kind of gone, but that stayed. Right. Yeah. I want to get back and, you know, visit, but also like, you know, Rogue is out there. You can drive out, buy some stuff, take it home and see the campus again and, you know, kind of reminisce on it. That's what I wanted to do. So I really wanted to go partly really why I wanted to go to the game. I want to go see my cousin because we haven't seen him play yet. Um, my mom has, but, um, we haven't yet. So we're working on that too. Yeah. And when you were here, did you play hockey in the shot or did you play? Nope. No, we were right across from St. John's arena. So it, which, you know, it's a small arena and it's, um, it's not, you know, you don't get like a, an NHL vibe, like arena, like, but, um, for us, it was great because the small crowd, you can still hear it. It's still loud. Um, but over the last couple of years, they've won national championships. They've, um, you know, been much higher up um, competitively. So they're getting a lot more recognition and they're getting a lot more fans to their games. Um, so it's kind of cool to see, um, you know, just the changing and coaching staff and what they're bringing to the table and the athletes that they're bringing in. It's really, it's really awesome. So it's cool to see that the program has developed and has evolved and has gotten to a point where, you know, they're putting their name back out there. Yeah. And I think with the blue jackets in town, 
like it's becoming more of a hockey town. That's great. I like love overall. it. So yeah. a lot more youth leagues, a lot more stuff like that going on here in Columbus. And so there's a lot of people, both the men's and women's Ohio state games, because it's hard to get a ticket for the blue jackets. Oh, really? Are they that good too? Like, are they like good? Cause back then they weren't that great. No, they're not. <laughs> okay. That answers it. <laughs> I mean, they had a short run where they'd make the playoffs. They made some runs in the playoffs maybe five years ago. Um, okay. But yeah, it's, it always seems like something comes up and there, there's some turmoil going on, but it's like the in thing to do. And there's, it's the, you have the soccer team and the hockey team are the only pro sports in Columbus. Yeah, right. So those are the two kind of it things to do. Sure. Yeah. I've gone to a few crew games as well. The MLS. Yeah, they have been there a, back they have in my day. Stadium. Oh, do they? I didn't know that. Yeah. Is it still Downtown. out? Okay. Got it. Yeah. So the Columbus, it's the hockey arena. And then across the street is the AAA baseball team. Yep. And then right beside that on the other side is the new soccer stadium. Okay. Got it. That's pretty neat. Yeah. A little sports hub. Yeah. They call it the arena cool. district and it's yeah. now that like the happening that. place to be. That's awesome. I love Columbus. There's always something to do there and it's, you know, it's college, you know, college town. It's not college town. That's what I liked about it. Yeah. It's, I'm glad I live here. I raised my daughter here. She moved, she's, she moved back to Pittsburgh. She got a job and <laughs> it's in Pennsylvania. So <clears throat> it's funny how it all works out. Yeah. But, that's not too far away. A couple hours. Yeah. Not too bad. And they're moving into a house in January with a guest room. So we'll actually be able to like kind of go visit. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So I want to, I want to go back now to semifinals and I want to hit you with a question you have a back injury coming in. You didn't really state that to anybody that I heard anywhere until after the event is over. Is there pressure to not like you're, I heard Justin Madera say this yesterday on a podcast. You're it's a double-edged sword. If you say something about it, everybody's like, Oh, they're making excuses. If you don't say something about it, people are like, well, why weren't they just transparent? That's a good question. I mean, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say I'm so much in the spotlight as Justin is right. Like he's, he's won the games twice. Um, for him to do poorly, people are going to ask questions and they're going to speculate and do all these things. For me, it was more of, um, I, I keep most things private regardless. So I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid to be vulnerable and share things. Um, but it's more of like, if you ask me, I'll tell you. Um, I don't like openly put a lot out there. Um, I, you know, probably, you know, I'm not super, I'm not super big on social media. I don't post a ton of stuff. Um, it was more of like, I'm just going through this and the people around me know that I'm going through this and they're helping me through this. Um, and that's the only platform I needed was the people who were helping me. Um, I didn't need to put it out there on social media and make it, you know, like a woe is me thing, or, um, it's just not who I am. It's just, I've never been that way. Um, 
But if people want to hear my story and, you know, I'm more of that kind of person who, if you talk to me and you want to hear it, I will tell you. Um, so yeah, it was me internalizing. It was just how I coped with it and how I was able to manage it um, without external stress because I was putting enough stress on myself to begin with. So one of my people, Cheryl Nasso, former games mm -hmm. athlete, my nutrition coach, she filled in as interviewer at semifinals. Yeah. She interviewed you during semis. And I have that right here. And this is um, kind of the middle to end of day two. And mm -hmm. I think this was after the snatch. I've been trying to get you all weekend. Um, and honestly, it's perfect. Because I called today moving day, and you are moving up the leaderboard. How are you feeling at the end of day two? I feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that fucking hurt. Yeah, that hurt. Um, but Sorry. second time I've ever been behind, so I was gonna say, and I, I was trying to get your video because man, it was sweet butter. Thank you. I so it. awesome job! I am so Thanks. super looking forward to you. How are you feeling about the workouts tomorrow? I feel I feel good. You know, it's just it's gonna be a fight. Yep, for sure. And a little ding, like hot and cold on day one. Yep. Hot today. Yeah. I gotta keep it going. That's you got the only way. Go. You're a veteran Thanks. in the sport, and look forward to seeing you compete tomorrow. Appreciate it. Thanks. So. You predicted it at that point that it was going to be a fight. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't no, think you'd be no, that no excuses. <laughs> no excuses. Just you knew it was going to be a fight on Sunday. And I think it's something like it was 20 points between the last qualifying spot, yours, and 15th place. Yeah. There was a lot, a lot of people up for grabs on that. So on sunday are you feeling that um that pressure of it being that tight or are you kind of like just blocking that out and pushing forward um <clears throat> i'm not the math like i'm not the numbers person that's ben and gabe so ben my boyfriend and my coach they spend a lot of time going back and forth and communicating on that stuff and i'm only told what i need to be told so like I, I'm told, like, if I need to place in a certain spot or be ahead of somebody, like I'm told that, and that is really all I need to hear. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to like last event, I'm going to give it hell. I'm going to give it everything I have. Um, and that's going to place me wherever it places me. Um, so Tosa bar is notoriously like a tougher movement for me. I tend to do worse in those workouts more than any other workouts. Um, so I was definitely nervous and that's kind of that self-imposed doubt that I've already kind of put into that workout. Um, my saving grace was a heavy sandbag carry at the end. So um, I, I just, you know, I already had pressure on myself as far as wanting to just do well enough in that event to begin with that, you know, now it comes down to this final event that I need to do well in to make or break my season. Um, so they usually Ben and Gabe are, are the numbers, you know, they're crunching things in um, at the end of that event, uh, waiting for the leaderboard to kind of tally up and all these numbers. Um, none of us really had a perfect idea of where I was sitting as to where I finished in the event because they don't post it. So we actually had Drew who was back in Maine um, he's watching the event and he's doing his best kind of crunching numbers as to where everybody's placing. 
Um, and I think he had me within a qualifying spot and, um, you know, Gabe was also trying to crunch numbers, but just didn't have, you know, the, the lane of like the visual of seeing all the athletes. So he actually was super nervous. He wasn't even certain, um, if I had made it. So yeah, it was, I think that alone, it took me two weeks to just recover from. (laughs) So it was rough. It was, it was nerve wracking. So when they, when that final event is over and they go back and start tallying, I swear to God, time stops. It does. It's terrible. And I've never been in that position before. So I've never experienced it from like this side of it. And it's awful. And I'm sure like, you know, my heart goes out to Annika for, you know, being on the other side of that. Right. Um, Ultimately, I wanted to qualify. I wanted to win. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to get that spot. So I'm super happy. But man, I can, you can have, I guess, two ways of looking at it. It can really kind of bring you down or you can use it as fuel to the fire for, you know, whatever's coming next for you. So um, knowing most high level CrossFit athletes, they're using it as fuel. Um, And, you know, we're all very like-minded in a sense. So I'm sure it's, it's lit some fire in her too. Um, But yeah, it sucked. It, It just, the, the, I didn't have the patience for it. My stomach was churning. It was, it was not fun. And then I didn't even know how to react afterwards. I'm like, just the sigh of relief. And it's like, I just, you know, I was just like, I, I, it deflated no matter what. And it was just obviously in, in a happy way and in an exciting way, but it's a lot. It was a lot of pressure. It's probably the most pressure I had felt in a, a really long time. Yeah. One of the athletes we followed through the season was Carolyn Prevo. And yeah. she was yeah. on, she was on the wrong side of it this year. And she was that 15th spot that was only 20 points behind you. And it, it's so insane that you have this expanded semifinal and it comes down like five places or within 20 points. Yeah. Right. And it's such a competitive region to begin with. Right. Like it's a stacked field, like no matter which way you look at it and most of them are right. Like there's a certain number of, of athletes there that make it a stacked field, but you know, we have, there's what six or seven that were guaranteed to make it, you know, that only leaves a few spots that, you know, I I'm one of those that like, I'm, I don't feel like I'm a surefire in, right. Like I, I, if that weekend had gone more to plan, I would have been in a much more comfortable spot. So the ring muscle up event, I completely just blew up on it. I completely messed up. Um, which put me in a really bad spot on day one. So it was more of, I had to respond back with that um, and kind of, you know, dig myself out of a little bit of a hole, but had that gone the way it did in training for myself, I would have been in a much more comfortable spot. Um, But again, I don't feel like I'm a, I don't feel like I'm a guaranteed spot at the games. I've never have felt that way. I've always felt like I've had to really, really fight for every single point. Um, and I think I've always showcased that in the way I've, I've competed ever since 2018 when I first qualified. Um, so yeah, it, it's girls are really, really fit. When there were some big surprises, like if 
going in, if you would have said Sydney Wells in, Brooke Wells out, nobody yeah. would have thought yeah. that. Right. Um, you know, like it was, it was just a crazy, it was a lot of events where there were stopping points that you could get caught up in. And if you got caught, you could lose 20 spots on a leaderboard. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, and that begs the question too, like, what is this next year? What is next season going to look like with some added athletes are, which, you know, we still don't know the question are, are Haley, our Mal, are, is Tia going to be over here in the East? Like there's a lot of questions that we don't know yet um, for the following season. And what does that do to our, our roster in our semifinal? So well, it'll be to see how it all plays people. out. We go from 10% to 25% in the quarters. Mm -hmm. Meaning, if a lot of those people sign up and you have one bad event, the damage that could do could be tremendous. And you have a semifinal now that's minus 20 spots. Yeah. So your, your keyhole is smaller to get in. And the, the pool it's picking from is much larger. I, I don't think all this has been thought through. And I'm, I'm not putting that on you. I'm saying that, Scott saying that, not Paige. I don't think that those ramifications have been thought through. Yeah. Well, I don't, like I said, I don't do the numbers. <laughs> so I don't really know what it means as far as like what the season looks like next year for like what you're talking about. All I know is personally, I'm going to go and try and be on as high as I can on the leaderboard. Cause then that stuff doesn't affect me. Right. So um, that's, that's the way I look at it. I don't, I don't really play, like look into too much those types of details for some, does it really matter? Yes. For me, does it matter? I don't know. It could, but all I know is I'm going to go and be, give my best effort in quarterfinals in semifinals and try to qualify in both, in both uh, competitions. Cause then it doesn't matter. Then that stuff doesn't matter. Do you get that attitude or that mindset from your years of playing other sports? Maybe. Um, I think I just, you know, everybody can talk to the amount of changes that we've had in the CrossFit season. And it's like, well, they're making these changes. There's nothing I can do about it except compete. Um, which, you know, there's obviously the PFAA, there are things that we can do. Um, and those things are being done. Um, but when it's all said and done, if this is the layout of it, this is the layout of it. So, um, if I just go and compete and I, can tack on high finishes, then um, it's not important as to 25% as opposed to 10%. Okay. So I'm going to go a different route within a different direction. You have your best ever performance at the games. You go to Rogue, you get invited to Rogue, you get, it's, it's like you took the step into that next level of athlete. What does that do for your mindset going into 2024? And did it does it change your goals in 2024? Um, so after after the games, it kind of took a long time to recover. Um, I think I dealt more. I had said it, you know, in a recent talk with uh, Misfit. 
Um, it took a lot more from the mental side of it this year. So the mental exhaustion was just much greater than it has been in the past, um, having to uh, manage an injury for the entire season, not just part of it. Um, so after the games, you know, you kind of come down and, and start getting back into training a little bit. Um, and I was really kind of flexible with what I was doing. So I wasn't following programming. Um, sometimes I would just go really off the beaten path and, you know, do something else that I just wanted to do. And I started getting into this mindset of, I'm not sure if I want to do this again next year. Um, so when that was happening, I had a phone call with my coach and I've talked with other friends and, and close people in my circle about it. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing was, well, we need to commit. So if you want to do this again, we need to commit. If you don't want to do this again, we need to commit. So, and come up with a plan for if I don't want to do it, okay, what is my path forward? Um, and then Rogue came around. So Rogue was kind of a really good time because I was kind of in this, you know, unknown, like gray area of what I was doing. And um, I was using Rogue as kind of a kind of an indicator of whether I wanted to do it again or not. So, and a big part of it was, you know, can my body handle the volume of training again? Can my body handle these heavier loads? We know we're going to see at Rogue. Um, so ultimately, if it was going to give me a green light and I was going to stay healthy throughout, I was going to do it again. Um, and that's kind of where we're at now is uh, Rogue was super heavy, a ton of heavy pulling from the floor, a, a one rep max deadlift that just kind of blew my mind. Um, and I came out healthy and I came out on the other side and I took the time to recover from that. And it got me really excited to give it another year. Um, so again, coming back to the, I need to commit, um, I have committed to another season of this. So that's where we're at. So yeah, I, I am looking forward to another year, um, to build off of a really tough year, but a really successful year. So, um, I think there's, you know, a lot of improvement that's still left on the table and there's a lot of potential still left on the table that I want to see if I can tap into. Well, I personally am super excited that you're going to be back out there. Um, Thanks. it's so much fun watching you, but I think that that's, that's, I'm so glad you shared that because what we see is what you, what's out on the floor. We don't see everything you have to go through in training to get your body there. And all, all I saw was Paige looks amazing out on the floor, right? The best she's ever looked. She finishes the best she's ever finished. But behind that, you were having doubts because of what it took to get you there. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm so glad you shared that. Thanks. And it's more of like, you know, to be an athlete is to be vulnerable. Like you're putting yourself on the biggest platform of the sport. Um, and that's for any athlete in any professional sport that they're competing in. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not afraid to do that. I'm not afraid to go out there and fail. I'm not afraid to, I, do I have doubts? Yes, but I'm not afraid to try. So I think that's the biggest thing that it comes down to. Let me ask you this, with the doubt of your body and not committing the 24 season, 
did you not let yourself have confidence from what you accomplished? Was it hard to like that? Don't hate me, but you're really breaking up. Oh, I'm sorry. Your screen. Sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. I. It's just no. very choppy. Having a little bit of an issue. So I am. Oh, there you are. Oh, man, it's still oh. down. So I'm having a little bit of an internet issue. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I'm only hit one bar. Hopefully you can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you better. Okay. So what I said is because you hadn't committed, did that make it hard for you to enjoy what you had accomplished until you got done with Rogue, you committed, and now you can kind of look back and go, now I can take this and build confidence from it? Uh, that's a good question. I think I was, yeah, I think I felt like I was leaving something on the table after this past year, right? Like I finished 18th with some really tough circumstances that I had to deal with. Well, what would a healthy page have looked like at the games this year? You know, and I, that's kind of an unknown that I want to dig into this year. Um, so the biggest goal right now is again, making sure that I'm back to feeling hundred percent healthy with my back. Um, so again, we're still working through that, but we're still far away from the season right now that like strengthening these, uh, these, you know, weaknesses as far as like, you know, asymmetry or whatever it is that's going on, any weaknesses in my, in my body, um, this is that time to strengthen that stuff. And, you know, then you start to ramp up for the season, you know, kind of when the new year rolls around. Um, and, I, you know, that's, that's the fun of it, right? It's just, it, it's fun to like, I think for CrossFit athletes, there is an off season, but it's not very long um, for other sports. You know, hockey is five months of the year. You have a long off season before you have to start ramping it back up. And it's just a different type of sport, a different type of level of fitness that you need to be at for hockey as opposed to for CrossFit. Like CrossFit is just, you need to be well-rounded and everything. And if you start to kind of, if you're not focusing on, on that and, you know, throughout your year, um, you know, you can really kind of fall behind. So um, having committed, it's like, all right, well, I'm not falling behind. I don't want to fall behind. So you, you're, so what I'm here, and we're going to finish up here in a minute or two, but uh, at Rogue, you weren't actually training for Rogue because you hadn't committed yet. So what you did at Rogue and how you looked at Rogue was on, was not even training for that event. Right. I, you know, and it's a lot of money on the line, right? Like it's, it's still a high level competition that people are peaking for. They take a little bit of time off after the games and then they kind of start to keep that level of fitness, but, you know, get those heavy implements in there and, and train. And, um, I still had kind of a last minute invite. So when I had first agreed, like there was doubt if I was going to actually be able to compete there, um, with my back and based on what they program. But, um, ultimately it was, all right, well, let's just see if we can get under a heavy barbell within these two to three weeks that we have before rogue and we'll go there and give it what we got. So, and it's not that I wasn't training, right? Like I was still hitting some conditioning. I was still doing my endurance work. Like that's kind of just stuff that I think I enjoy 
seeing the progression of it. I enjoy getting better at those things. I enjoy, you know, doing rowing for weeks at a time and seeing my split numbers just go down and down. Um, so that's just a rewarding feeling. And that's something that I've always enjoyed. It was the process of it. So, um, not that I wasn't training, but I definitely wasn't training specifically for rogue. Um, I was training specifically to get my back back to hundred percent, which is kind of, you know, still where we're at right now. Uh, Corey, this is back when you were saying you you don't look at yourself as a lock for the games. He said, I would think that's almost an advantage thinking that I have to do everything I can because I don't think I'm a lock. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, I I've heard Matt Fraser interviews where he, you know, he doesn't think he's a lock. He's the best you've ever like, you know, it, it happens to everybody. So even if you are guaranteed a spot, you're still like, well, shit, I need to give it everything I have. And, you know, you want to show, you want to show how fit you are. You want to showcase that you want to represent yourself well and, and do it well on the leaderboard too. Any plans for any other comps this year, or are you just going to dial it in training wise? Um, so considering I, we're doing uh Wadapalooza as a team of three. Um, so I'm doing that as a team of three um, with some misfits. So that'll be fun. Um, I was considering doing it individually again, too. Um, I did that last year. I did both Indian team. Um, and originally I was like, oh, I'm just going to do team this year. And then as I started thinking about it, I'm like, well, I'm going to be down there. Why don't I just do both? And then, <laughs> and then I had a call, uh, with my coach actually last night and we got talking about it more and just realistically thinking about it. Um, I've done Wadapalooza every year for like four or five years now. So I think I'm more so want to just go and have fun and do the team of three. Um, and just from a health perspective too, it's like, I don't need to beat my body up for four days in a row. Um, based on where I'm at right now, you know, I'll probably likely be a hundred percent healthy by then within the next two months. But again, is it still worth it for the longevity of the season? Um, that's kind of what we're, we're thinking about. So uh, he kind of put a little bit more perspective back into it for me, which is what I needed to hear. Um, so just, um, just team for Wadapalooza to have some fun for those two days, being, being the sun while it's miserable in Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's the best part about Wadapalooza is the weather. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I love hearing that the athlete, the competitive side of Paige is still there and wants to compete, but she has a good circle around her to temper that a little bit and say, hey, let's sure. we have bigger goals. Yeah, true. Well, this has been a blast. I want to thank yeah, you so thanks much for having me. On. And uh, we will see everybody next time on Clydesdale Media Podcast. Bye, guys. C4 Energy, Extend, and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at C4Energy.com. That's C4Energy.com. And now back to the interview.